0: This podcast is a Tofop production.
1: Head to toefop.com for more.
0: Relax, this is Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. And uh, thank you for watching. Uh, we're not doing a, a proper episode this week. We're taking a little bit of time out. Um, but what we thought we would do is revisit uh, one of the hottest storylines <laughs> of Up mm. in 2022, uh, My Obsession with Five. Now, I asked Podcast Mike, do you think you would be a, have enough uh, content that you could create a compilation episode? And he said... Yes. Yeah, I think so.
1: The problem will be that I ca- there's too much content about the Boy Band 5, but this is going to be a five mega mix of the entire five saga, which do you think that once this is out, it will finally be put to bed forever? Or do you think that this is
0: just... I don't think so. I've been dipping back into the 5 verse uh, recently. Yeah. And just, I, after that episode about Jay, where uh, we found out where Jay lives, I was like, God... Yeah. I wonder if I can, like, f- track him down online. I mean, this is this dude is my white whale. Like, I don't think he has any social media accounts or anything, but maybe he was photographed in the back of a shot on a Facebook page, you know, maybe like a bookshop somewhere yeah. in, in Wales. Uh, so I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. What I am interested to find out from this compilation, especially if, if Mike does it in chronological order, is how the seed was planted. Because I think I was too scared to bring it up with you at first. So I, I started with, like, Cam Knight... And then Claire, and then Claire Tonti, and then you listened to those episodes and you asked me about it on air. Like, hey, you're talking about five a lot, and then that gave me permission to talk about it <laughs> because it was my secret shame for so long. But then you know, uh, 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 no, nothing disinfects like sunlight. <laughs> so you tried to put that sunlight on my uh, five infection, my five action. Uh, uh, but I, yeah, for some reason, the the story of five. Well, I was watching a YouTube video on them today while I was waiting for Gemma to be down at the shop. So I went back to YouTube and watched, a, I found a, like some footage I had not found of them in the late 90s rehearsing. And I was like, why does this story fascinate me so much? I mean, could you imagine
1: that you like, I wonder if they have some Beatles style
0: Peter Jackson, like archive of them. <laughs> they like- do, they do. They have like, cause they made, a, uh, like a, they released a DVD in hmm. 2000, uh, 1999, which was like all the rehearsal footage of them yeah. working towards their first tour. So if Peter Jackson wanted to, he could definitely restore... He doesn't want to.
1: He definitely does not want to. But <laughs> what I'm saying is you want to. <laughs> could you be the Peter Jackson to five that he was for the Beatles?
0: I mean... Could I bring 1990 who, who, to life in vivid colour? <laughs> right.
1: I mean, you're, <laughs> all the ball bearing necklaces wife is and a pocket director. chains. Like you know how to do this. Like you have the skill set within your own house. It could be your passion project.
0: Uh, I don't know when this uh, when this obsession is going to end, but um, until it does, uh, here is a little refresher <laughs> on my journey with the boy band Five. Uh, enjoy it, and we'll be back with a new episode soon. Play on, not 15. <laughs> Hang on. No, wrong show. Oh, shit. It is. I drive Iona to daycare and Iona's suddenly become aware of the Spice Girls. She really likes the Spice Girls. And so we'll normally listen to Wannabe while I'm driving her to daycare. And then once I've dropped her off, because I've selected that on Spotify, it didn't rolls on to the next, you know, song in that genre. And so it rolls into like um, late 90s British pop music, like boy band and girl band music. And so just through like um, um, I guess some kind of osmosis, I was like listening to this, like these British pop bands. I started getting like curious about, oh, like the late 90s. That's right. That's when like boy bands are at their zenith. And so I just started doing a bit of digging around online and I found this um, show on YouTube. It was like uh, a TV show in 2013 called The Big Reunion, where they went out to all these big boy and girl bands from the late 90s, like Atomic Kitten and um, uh, uh, like 911 and the Honeys and stuff. And these guys were all big in the 90s. It's been 13 years since they were famous, and they were bringing them back together for like one last big hurrah. And so, it's like, you know, part reality series, part kind of, you know, and Idol where they get these acts back on stage. And I started watching this show and I just was getting – I was fascinated by this idea of all these bands in the late 90s. This is, you know, I guess the last time when you could sell 20 million albums. All these acts were huge. Like – they all sold like millions and millions of records and they were all intensely famous for no longer than a, say 3 to 4 year period and their story is all in the same way they hit the scene with this in, a huge amount of like you know uh, popularity and and and, and they got number ones and they're touring the world and they have number one albums and then they all implode it always it's the same story with each band it's like they get to the third album Someone gets burnt out, they quit, they try and carry on. Maybe they replace them or they, you know, become a three-piece or a two-piece, whatever it is, and then they always implode. And then the stories from that is, like, there'll be one or two band members who try and kind of keep the fame thing going, but then there'll be other band members who are like, well, that was fun, I'm just going to get a real job. And so in this, like, series, it's them kind of reforming the band and you're sort of getting all the stories of – so there's this one boy band called Five. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they were like – yeah, they were like. The Don't British. you mean f- five, five Ive? That's yeah, five Ive. Wasn't it the Five, five Ive. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. they were like Simon Cowell pre Australian Idol. Baby, Simon, when the lights lights go, go out. out, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they were Simon Cowell's like pre Australian Idol project. Yeah. They wanted to create a, a, a like a English Backstreet Boys that were a bit. Um, Wasn't one of them of, called Abs? Was yeah. it one of them was called Abs? Right, Richie, Abs, Scott. Jay and Sean. They were, the, they were the five guys. And so uh, Abs was the kind of unofficial kind of lead singer. He was the Justin Timberlake. He was probably the most talented. Right. He could sing and rap, was good looking. Then you had Richie who was like the Hugh Grant. He had the kind of like fringe <laughs> and was always wearing like po- very preppy dressed, polo shirt and stuff. You had Jay who was the kind of heavy, he was the rapper who would come in and he was probably the best looking, he was probably second to Abs as the leader. Uh, Yeah. So you had Scott, who's kind of the, he was the singer, um, but probably like the least sort of good looking of them. And then you had um, Sean, who was like the shy, mysterious one that probably all the girls like, he was like the George Harrison of the group. Mm -hmm. So um, I, uh, I started focusing on, on five because they had this like they had this meteoric rise where they were like poised to become a huge boy band. They'd cracked the UK market, three number ones, and they're all – they had their first like top ten single in the US. They're all set to go. One of the guys quit the band. Then um, another – like a month later, another guy quit, and then it all just sort of fell fell apart and they just sort of disintegrated. So when this series, the big reunion, starts up, like four of the guys are wanting to get together and Jay, the heavy, the rapper – they're trying to get him back in, but he decides at the last minute, you know what? Since the band broke up, I just turn my back on showbiz. I just don't, I just like being anonymous. I don't really want to go back into that. And so they go ahead and they do the show, and it's a you know big success, whatever.
1: Now, do they rename themselves for?
0: They had that the discussion. Event? They, they yeah. audition for a fifth, a new fifth member, and that's great. Like the audition process is great. Like this one dude comes in and it's just like uh, he's this like I'm a male model, um, but you know, I've done some singing and stuff. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, can you sing for us? He's like, no, no. And like, oh, okay, well, could you rap? And he's like, no. And they're like, so you're gonna do anything? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll just, you know, if I get the job, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out of the room and I'm like, fucking hell, the ball's on that guy. It's like he's coming in specifically to audition to be a singer. And it's like, will you sing? He's like, nah, I'll do it if I get the nah. job.
1: Yeah, if I get the <laughs> job. <laughs>
0: Are you, are you uh, paying so they, me for this audition? No. <laughs> so they have this discussion about like do they just become a four-piece and so that's what they end up doing. But it, during the do- course of this series, like they all sort of talk about their recollections of the band and they all start like dropping shit on Jay, the guy who has refused to come back, just saying he was a bully and, you know, he was a bit older than the rest of us and, you know, we're all intimidated by him and blah, blah, blah. So then um, I was like, shit, like I've got to find out what happened to Jay? Like, like, where is – and there is – like, he literally, when he left Showbiz, he he left. There is nothing. He has no social media presence. You can't find anything about him online apart from – I think he did I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here in 2007. And the only other thing he did was he did this write of reply interview after the series of this this reunion where he just did this interview and he said, like – um, he said, you know, I just he said, I don't really watch TV or anything like that, but you know, I heard the boys were doing a show and I was really excited for them. And so I dug the TV out of the and and I sat down to watch my mates, and then they all just bagged the shit out of me and say that like I'm the reason the band broke up and that I was a bully and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, it's gone like I was in the band too, like we were all under like the same amount of intense pressure and you know, the whole reason I, I I've never decided to go back into showbiz is gone. I just fucking hated it. Like I, I hated being told what to think, what to wear, where to be, making songs we didn't really even care about. And so, uh, you know, and all of these bands, like whether it was Five or Atomic Kitten, it feels like all of them, at least one band member, was so like depressed by the experience that they were like were driven to suicide or at least suicidal thoughts. And then I started thinking about it, it's like. Okay, so boy bands, they don't really exist anymore. I guess since the advent of like Australian Idol and stuff and maybe even K-pop has sort of supplanted boy and girl bands. Is That's like the number one. Sort well, of
1: like- K- K-pop are boy and girl bands
0: mostly, yeah, right? But, but it's kind of it, – that's taken – like I think, you know, the appeal of boy band and girl bands, you know, was that it's like, uh, you know, it's almost like superheroes. It's like you have your favourite character and it's all about the dance moves and the costumes and the choreography and I think K-pop is that, you know – souped up by a million like it's there's nine band members and the costumes are amazing the dancing is even more incredible and stuff um but then I, I i was reading about all these so especially in england where you know as we've discussed in previous episodes they love a novelty song like you can release a you know a cover song of, of eternal flame or whatever and it'll go straight to number one if you if you just if you get the timing right but it seems like these record companies their modus operandi is like, okay, so we'll run these talent recruitments. We'll we'll find this band. We'll assemble this band. We'll sign them to a six-album deal, knowing that they're probably going to implode after three albums. We're probably only going to get they're they're almost banking on the fact that they this this band won't be able to fulfill their commitments because the contracts they get signed to at the start are massively in the record company's favor. If you can survive that initial six album deal, then you can renegotiate and you can probably give yourself a much better deal. But like all of these artists and like I'm talking like multiple, like 12 different groups, and none of them have any money. Like and all these out like all these record companies sold, like I think five sold 20 million albums worldwide. And you know, none of them have anything to show for it. And then you're like, oh so that's Kind of what it was in the 90s It's like if you, you know, wanted to make a lot of money really quickly, get that boy or girl band together, sign them up to some ridiculous, completely inequitable deal, and hope. Like you're kind of banking on the fact that they are going to employ because when they were discussing like why they broke up, it was like, you know, they'd been working for three years straight. They hadn't had any days off. It was just like tour, studio, press tour studio press and they're all like 15 16 17 when it started so they're teenagers so it makes complete sense by the time they get to 20 they're like going fucking crazy but then it's like that's what they want (laughs) like that's what these record companies want it's so so bizarre and then so I was like, okay, well, we're a three now. Of uh, three, we're a five now. Five or <laughs> three? So they just... So it's... So uh, Abs has left, and Jay, mm-hmm. like I said, underground. He's never really surfaced again. Um, Abs is a really like interesting dude. He's um, from West London, so he's got that kind of like Ali G, uh, you know, stormsy kind of accent. Like for real, for real, like talks like that, and he's like. Covered in tattoos now, and he lives on a farm. You know, he just, he just, he's a farmer now, essentially. Um, but I saw, I found this interview he did like three years ago, where again, he was talking about how being a pop star like drove him towards suicide. And um, he tells this story about how, so after five sort of split up, he got a solo album deal, didn't really go anywhere, but he was still like a celebrity and, you know, bobbing around in the UK doing stuff. And money was going, going, going. But he had this penthouse apartment with no furniture and like no cutlery. It's the only thing he had was this apartment, but nothing in it. Um, and so eventually, this very wealthy woman, like society, wealthy society woman, said to him, "Just come stay with me. I've got a big house. You can stay in one of my rooms." So he moved into this mansion, and he said, "Like this woman was like into what, like just super wealthy." And plugged in with like royalty and like just like the, you know, the rich of the rich in the UK. And he said every day was a party. Like there was just constantly people at the house, constant parties. He'd wake up in the morning, there'd be like a, a tray of cocaine and like a vodka, uh, a, a vodka pineapple smoothie beside his bed. That was his breakfast for like two years. And he said at one point, a very famous politician said to him, um, if you sleep with me, I'll buy you a brand new Bentley. And he was like, I actually was thinking about it. It's like, I would really like a Bentley. And then he's like, what am I doing? Like, I've become, I'm their pet. Like, that's what they've got me here. Like, this woman just wanted, like, a celebrity pet. And and right. so I've been, like, living in her house is this kind of, like, a? it's almost like, you know, here in Victorian times, it was kind of considered, like, a, a good social standing to have, like, a, a hobo living on your property. And it's like, that's what, it's like an eyes wide shut, some weird kind of twisted, decadent rich people thing.
1: Okay. Talk me through this pet thing, because this sounds like a good next stage of my career, because <laughs> like, we have pets and pets are looked after very well. Like the idea of being at some sort of like two year party, just as a novelty for rich people. Do you think that I could be someone's pet? Do you think there would be somebody out there of wealthy means? Like they have to be eccentric like this person, but say, mm. let's go, let's say it is a, you know, a female benefactor. It doesn't have to be, but let's just say for this example, like this one was, mm. grew up listening to Triple J or something, like informative years, Glass but has house. gone on to make like millions in business and those sort of things. And just has always had some sort of affection for me or my work or whatever it is. Like reminds me of some, Time in her life that is important to her, and she has so much money that she's like, "Well, this would be fun. Like, I could go and see him in concert, or I could just have him living in the in the pool room, and he could hmm. be my pet, and I could bring him out at parties and stuff. Like, what would the role entail? Do you think? Like, from watching well, this think documentary, that- what do you feel like? Like, your day, think- what you, what Abs had to get up to?
0: Well, I think Abs just had to be there. Like, I think Abs just had to. I mean, it wasn't like he was having to perform, so I doubt you'd have to be. Like, you wouldn't have to be writing any more material. I think your presence alone is the is the value. Yeah, I think it'd be a pretty good deal for you. But I think you would have to party job. Well, you'd have to party. What Abs is
1: complaining about
0: (laughs) again? I'm not sure what Abs
1: is complaining about.
0: Well, don't you think it would be like a little kind of uh, – it would be a bit of a nightmare after a while. It would be it'd be like that ironic punishment where it's like, oh, partying all the time would be amazing, but then surrounded by those people. And I imagine too it would be a slowly escalating – like at first it would be great. You're just the pet. You just come out and people are like, oh, there's Will Anderson. You know, I used to watch him on The Glass House and stuff. Yeah. But then they want Will Anderson – what can we make Will Anderson do? Do you think – if we oh, yeah. threw this money on the floor like <laughs> with his bad hips we could get him on hands and knees like picking up these $5 bills you know the humiliations would start because they're rich they uh, yeah. and and they cuz I think what happens is rich people who are untalented or rich people who aren't famous they have money but they don't have any of the other kind of trappings and so they like hanging around with famous people because it makes them feel like, you know, the just by association that maybe they're famous or they're talented or whatever. So they're gonna want to bring you down to their level. They're gonna want to take the shine off your talent and make you feel as worthless as they feel about themselves. That's what I'm saying. So I think it would be fine for the first month, but soon they're gonna want to humiliate you little just little bit bits and pieces of humiliation i mean yeah okay well i can
1: i mean i humiliate myself on a daily basis so i can put up with a little humiliation
0: from others this week i have claire tonti on on faux we had a great chat and it, the first half an hour is, is a bit like a therapy session because um uh when we recorded it it was when the Northern rivers got hit with that second wave of flooding. And I was here on my own with Iona. Jen was off at a conference. Iona got really sick. I was minding a friend's dog for the first time who I didn't know and the dog wouldn't stop fucking barking. So I had like flood water coming in downstairs. I had a sick child and this baby and I was just stressing the fuck out. Like It was just two days of just stressing the fuck out. And then- you know, the only thing that seemed to save me was watching videos of five (laughs) on YouTube, like watching like whatever videos I could find of five. And as we talked about in the show, I don't know what triggered this kind of interest in five, but, you know, it just became this kind of like safe place for me. So when I was talking to Claire about it, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what's going on here. She said, I talked to lots of mums on on my podcast and you're going through an identity crisis. And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) She said, well, it happens a lot with parents when – you know, you've gone from one lifestyle where you could do whatever you want and see whatever you want and, you know, experience anything Now you're sort of in service of this, this child. And while you love that child and stuff, you do start to go, hang on, like, who am I again? And so the fact that I'm sort of retreating back to this late 90s boy band that I was never a fan of in the late 90s, it's not so much them or their music. I'm retreating back to a time in which I had no responsibility, you know, and it's like, I just moved to Sydney. You know, the the world was at my feet. I, I had everything in front of me. And so, in some weird kind of like childhood, like or or, or or adult trauma kind of way, midlife crisis, I guess it is. Like my brain is going back to just give me things. Give me remind me when the world was like a safe place. Remind me when the you know climate change was just this kind of concept. Remind me when you know uh, you didn't have responsibilities and you weren't going to die any second now. <laughs> like. And so that's, I guess, what I've been doing is this like this weird installation. And I think the Melbourne thing is another like, another version of that where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, when Gemini first met, you know, we were living in Melbourne and we had our friendship group and Sunday sessions would be spent at the vineyard or, you know, you'd go to the pub somewhere and you didn't have any responsibility. You could drink all night on a Sunday night and not have anything to worry about on a Monday. And I don't know when – I'm hoping that this is just like a – phase that, that I'm, I'm going through, that I will get over it and readjust and accept the fact of where I am presently. I don't want to be retreating back into my memory of how good things were because I, I feel like I'm the uncle in Napoleon Dynamite who's always just talking about, you know, back when I was in high school, I was like the quarterback hero. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I also think that there's just a role for
1: comfort spaces. So. I, we've talked about this before on the show, but the, the other night when I was, so I just came back here after the show and I couldn't get the internet work well enough to watch a movie or anything. So like, all I could do was like watch clips on YouTube. So. I'm just going through like, you know, songs and whatever on YouTube. And then eventually I find myself to the place that I always find myself to when I go down this hole on YouTube. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Bruno Mars dance. And so I went. <laughs> and there's, since, since I last went down my watching Bruno Mars dance hole, there's been a whole bunch of new Bruno Mars dancing um, footage, oh, including okay. a 45-minute concert that um, he put together. So, like, I I sat and watched a 45-minute Bruno Mars concert at 2 o'clock in the morning the other morning, and I was just like, this is as safe as I have felt in a very yeah. long time. Like, in a world that is absolutely terrifying, for this 45 minutes, I understand that I am in the safest entertainer's ha- I, I think he is... Just And I mean this, I don't mean he is the most talented person in the world. I don't mean that he is the, um, you know, like, you know, the best musician or the best songwriter, but I think he is the best entertainer, like all-round mm. entertainer, singer, dancer, yeah. just put on a show. And, like, the fact that, you know, his, his gang, his musicians and dancers, like the fact that you will see see yeah. a song performed Different ways, like you know, you see them do it at the Super Bowl, you see them do it at their concert, you see them do them some music awards, and they're not doing the same choreography. They haven't set it up the same way. They're not wearing the same clothes. Like the fact that every time they're doing it, they've thought about it as a different performer. Like he that Bruno Mars. I've never seen Bruno Mars in concert, but I was like watching this concert film the other night, just going when Bruno. If Bruno Mars ever comes to Australia, again, <laughs> I am absolutely going to see Bruno Mars in concert.
0: I think there's certain artists like that, where even if you're not a fan of their music, like Beyonce, I don't really listen to Beyonce's music, but I've seen a bunch of her like concert films and stuff and she's incredible. And it's really about the spectacle, you know, and the idea of actually, what was I watching? There was someone, uh, one of those music documentaries where they're talking about the first artist to really like um, art director a kind of concert like it wasn't you know back in the day it used to be the band would just come out and play but then the idea of having like an artistic director maybe who was it it was someone who like, people think is shit oh no it was grace jones sorry grace jones i i, I don't know how i went down this grace jones rabbit hole but i'm like i don't really know anything about we were watching an andy warhol documentary and there's grace jones and i'm like i'm aware of grace jones but i don't really know who she was, and so then I found out that she was just like model, and then she became this avant-garde kind of artist and musician, and a bit of a pop star in the late seventies, early eighties. But she was one of the first people who was like, "Well, I'm mates with all these fashion designers and artists and stuff. I'm going to help them. I'm, I'm going to get them to help me design a show." because I don't know what her musical ability was or even what her voice was like, but that's not why people went to see Grace Jones show. They went to see the costumes and the lighting and, you know, the way that she would, you know, bring herself onto stage and stuff. And now you sort of expand that. it has been co-opted by pop stars where, you know, Miley Cyrus will get the dude from the Flaming Lips to be the creative director of her show. And so I had friends who would not listen to a Miley Cyrus song to save themselves, but they were going to the Miley Cyrus concert because they were like, "It's fucking incredible! Like, it's really, you know, the costumes and the props and everything like that." Uh, and so I can sort of understand that. But Bruno Mars, I would be quite happy to see like Bruno Mars unplugged, <laughs> you know, just like if he's just going to come out and sing and, and do and do a little dance, then I think yeah, that that he's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, I mean. So I watched this 45 minute documentary concert
1: film, you know, that promo film that they'd made. But then I just started going, I'm going to just watch them on every TV show they've done. So th- there's one that they do with on El- on Ellen where they do Uptown Funk on Ellen and like basically Bruno and his boys are in the front row of the audience and they've just like got the entire audience to do all the stuff behind them, like do the all the call and the response stuff and I'm just like the fact that they went to all that effort, you know, like, they've, they, they could have come in and just done the song, done their choreography, whatever, but they've clearly – and the charm that that man has, so this promo, you know, kind of record launch, you know, film thing, It's there's interstitials in between where he's going around Harlem giving out free tickets and sort of, like, meeting characters around Harlem and then him and his boys will just do these little pop-up stoop concerts and, like, in a restaurant or in a bar or whatever and you, it just – like, the level of just – Brutal charm mm. that he has for a tiny little man. Like he is just <laughs> relentlessly charming.
0: You've seen that footage of him as like a three-year-old Elvis impersonator. Have you seen that? There's like a there's a clip well, of that he's online. In, he's in.
1: So this is how I got back. It like this is how. Uh, okay. So there's these things called the Kennedy Center yeah. of yep. Honors. Do you yeah, know yeah, the Kennedy yeah, Center yeah. Honors? So. Yeah, so they're honouring some musician and then they get like other musicians Are you to talking play about their the, songs the Sting one?
0: The, the Sting Kennedy, is this the one you're going to bring up? Or The Police, The Sting? Because uh, I've seen that one where Bruno performs I, I, for Sting. So Bruno
1: performs Sting yeah. and there's also one where he does Prits. Right, I've seen that one. And they're both – unreal but they're basically impressions like you know yeah. what i mean like as in he has this capacity to be able to like super capture what those artists actually did like vocally and stylistically and those sort of things i actually went into it because i was watching heart do a version of stairway to heaven to the led zeppelin guys and if you've never seen it like just seeing like them just crumble one by one on the balcony as they kind of witness Hart do this amazing version of Stairway to Heaven. It's just – but then, yeah, then I just went down that rabbit hole of just watching one after one after one and then that that got me onto Bruno Mars. Yeah,
0: it is funny. Like I think the difference with your like comfort food and my comfort food is mine mm. swings between – like, oh, yeah, um, you know, this sort of frozen in time boy band in the 90s when everything was possible. But then I will leap forward to present day and be like, oh, fuck, like look at them now, three of them. And they're doing these kind of like town fairs. Like they do nightclub gigs and they'll do like – they'll do a tour if there's like a bunch of boy bands in the 90s. They'll do one of those – like it's a compilation jukebox sort of tour. Um, but there's the one guy, Jay, the rapper – who kind of just disappeared from the public eye. As soon as the ban was done, he just retreated, didn't do anything. I have been like uh, like a, a Bob Woodward. I've just been on the trail trying to fucking find out where is Jay, man? Like, and I'm like, this is the 2022 World Wide Web. I cannot find... There's not one skerrick of of evidence of where he is now. And I I just want to know, is he okay? Where's he living? Like, does he still rap anymore? Because he had some pretty good flow back in the day (laughs) when he was in five. But then the other part of me is like, but Charlie, he doesn't want to be found. Like, that's why he's retreated from the public eye and doesn't have any social media. And, like, you can't find anything on him beyond he did an interview in 2013 to defend himself about what the other guys in the band said about him, and that was the last thing he did. And then I saw I saw what Abs being interviewed last year and the question was, do you keep in touch with any of the guys from the band? He said, yeah, I talked to Jay a fair bit. And I'm like, oh, good. So Jay's still alive. I feel okay. <laughs> but if anyone out there can give me some info, and I don't want you to intrude on his privacy. Like I don't want – if you live in the UK, I don't want you like snapping photos of Jay wherever he is now. But if you just can tell me that he's okay, just let me know that Jay's all right and he's happy in his life of anonymity. That will – I think that will help kind of me just – um, detox from my five kind of overload I, I want to separate from this now it's been it's been two to three weeks now of me gorging on all this five bullshit for comfort and obviously you know because i've lost my identity <laughs> but i'm ready now to to move on but i think i can only move on once i have some closure around what what jay is doing
1: is jay okay is that's, jay okay? We, well, that's all we want to know <laughs>
0: We've got a little bit of mail here. All of it is kind of five themed. Um, So that will be our five content for for this week. Uh, This Mm, is from Callie saying, hi, Will, but especially, Charlie. I listened to the last five heavy toe pop Mm. eps. I think you just need to embrace your boy and girl band love, Charlie. It's okay. Honestly, you can love manufactured pop and still be cool. Maybe. We have support groups on Tumblr and everything. Yours in boy, boy, girl, band, love, solidarity, Callie. What do you reckon, Will? Can someone love boy bands and still be cool?
1: Well, there's nothing that says mainstream acceptance like having support groups on Tumblr to me. <laughs> you know, the one <laughs> universal social media that everybody is still using, Tumblr. Um, I, no, I think you can. I think it's a different world now. I think that K-pop has changed the game completely in people's like understanding of what manufactured pop music is and what role it plays in the pop music sphere. I think that you just need to own a little bit more. I feel like you've been going in like it should be something that you're embarrassed about and now you have to just go no no no, I'm not embarrassed about this. I am Australia's
0: leading five aficionado. <laughs> so well But it did get to the point where someone from, like, I think, the official five fan club, because all the online chatter had Mm, got back to them, and so they were messaging us during the week saying, oh, yeah, you guys should definitely go see them. The guys are lovely, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I'm like, no, this is going too far. I like it when it's theoretical. I like us talking about it, but I don't want to be drawn into this world. I don't want to be engaging with the band, apart from Jay. Is Jay a hashtag? Is Jay okay? (laughs) That's the only member of the band I'm talking to. (laughs)
1: Don't you think that it would be fun to just be friends with the three remaining members of five. Like <laughs> just, you know, like if, if like one of their songs came on at a party, we'd be like, you know, we, we know these guys. We actually we met them at the RSL after a gig. A gig okay. We're friends with them now.
0: I, I guess. <laughs> By the way, I guess.
1: is J Okay. Like, I mean, maybe this is the way we can find out if Jay is okay. I know, surely, someone in the band still knows
0: where Jay is and what Jay is up to. Like, we've got to find out if Jay's okay. Uh, this is from Sasha. Hey, Will, and the five guy. Hope you're doing well. I just finished your last episode. And yes, I'm one of those guys who's a Patreon supporter of Willosophy who is more than happy for that donation to then go to the collective TOEFOP pods and funds. But it's easier for you. If it's easy for you, I can alter it whatever suits you best. No, mate, that's fine. If you're happy just to leave your money going to Willosophy, like Will says, it's all going to the same account. Um, So, Charlie, you said you needed to branch off your five fixations. So here's a little sideways step. Please check out my amazing friend who is an awesome rapper from San Fran. He goes by the name Fifth. You see the five reference? Um, like me, he oh, escaped a okay. high-control religious cult, Jehovah's Witnesses, and has produced some great tracks mm. about breaking free. Might make some good TOEFOP content. Please check out uh, this one track, The Cost of Doing Business, you can find it on YouTube. Oh, and also – I'd be keen to be one of the 200 you need for the eight-hour podcasting marathon idea if you ever do it. It sounds like a typically stupid but very TOEFOP-branded idea. Um, yeah, so we did run a poll during the week to see uh, how many people. We had Like the majority of people who responded on Instagram and Twitter did say they would come, but we had less than 200 respondents <laughs> in the positive. So uh, yeah, I said we enough. have to be guaranteed <laughs> at least
1: 200. even. Even in a theoretical sense, there was less than 200 people who said that they would do it. Like even when there was no real stakes on the line, we weren't collecting names or addresses
0: or credit card details and we couldn't even get 200 to agree to it in that format. Uh, Final bit of mail here from Carl. Uh, Gents, I love the pod. Thank you for putting it together. All the talk about Five reminded me of something I saw happen a few years ago. I thought you might get a chuckle out of this story. I was on the Tube in London quite late one night. There must have been a Five concert on as there was a few middle-aged-ish women on their way home in various merch and paraphernalia. One lady must have quite enjoyed reliving her youth as she'd scrawled five, five, uh, as in the number five IVE, on her arms and legs in texter and had obviously had quite a few drinks and was feeling quite merry. A dude on the train noticed the scrawling and asked what it was. She explained that it was a boy band from the 90s and he remembered them. Then he started singing the chorus from one of their songs. He must have hit all the right notes as our protagonist lunges at him, pashes him for about a minute until we pull up to the station. (laughs) She lets go, perhaps realises she's no longer a teenager, and quickly (laughs) jumps off the train, visibly embarrassed. We watched as she runs down the platform, jumps back on the tube into what she thinks is a different (laughs) carriage to sit down, but it takes her a few seconds to look up and realize she's re-entered the same carriage, just at a different door. (laughs) She sits there, trying not to make eye contact with anyone until she gets up again in the next stop and presumably goes to a different carriage this time. What would you have done if you were in her shoes? Well, probably wouldn't have kissed some random dude on the tube in London. (laughs) I think that would be my first step. I mean, that's the power of five, it. Really though. is, man. That is the power. I would love of five. to know what song he sang that got her so hot and bothered. Maybe when the lights go out.
1: Yeah, but well, she needed the lights to go out because she clearly got back on the same carriage. That to me is the favourite <laughs> bit. She's like, "I've got to get out of here. This is a bad thing. I've made a bad choice. Run, run, run! Real sliding doors moment. Except it's the same train that- carriage."
0: <laughs> I mean, is that is like there's a, there's a thing that happens to people when they ask out bar staff or waiters and then get turned down and then have to stay at their table or at the bar yeah. with the person who's just rejected them. What's more embarrassing? Um, uh, look, I think
1: just in this situation... It's all fun. It's all, This is all fun, right? Like you go to a five concert, you scroll five-five on your like legs in Texter, you pash a random <laughs> on the train and then you think you're escaping them and they just <laughs> end up in
0: the same carriage. It's a good night out. Good story for the girls. Well, maybe that is – like a warning for us not to go see five at the Rudy Hill RSL. Because what happens if they get us so hot mm. and bothered that you I want to pass on the train home, we just start passionate. Oh, oh yeah, I got
1: yeah, strangers, not the band five, not the three remaining members of the band yeah, of yeah. five. <laughs> no, no, we respect the three men the three of five, yeah, the three-fifths. Yeah. I mean, it would be a good place if you were like a sort of a middle-aged man who was looking for some love. And, you know, maybe woman. looking to meet yeah. some eligible women. Like, you know, you go there, you let the three remaining members of five warm them up, get them in the mood, and then you just yeah.
0: sweep in at the last moment. Yeah. Yeah. Sweep in. Sweep in like abs. You just sweep in in the opening scene of the uh, Everybody Dance <laughs> music video. Anyway. <laughs> I still subscribe to Smodcast yeah. and, and have them come into my feed, but I don't really – listen to them anymore but it's like i guess that will happen to us at some point that all these wonderful people have followed us in this 10-year journey will just be like oh yeah yeah, i remember listening to them but i i don't really dig what they're doing now they're ranting a lot about stuff (laughs) bins and honestly like
1: nine episodes have been about the boy band five (laughs) i don't know what's going on which by the way came in very handy to me this morning good because randomly, completely randomly, I was doing some press this morning and I was talking to uh, Fitzy and Whipper Mm -hmm. on Nova. I'm aware of them. And it came off the back of uh, Harry Styles and we started talking about boy bands and I – like, they've kind of like thrown up, you know, just as like a half offer. The idea of did you ever have like a. In fact, Fitzy's literally gone into it. I know you're into more alternative music, but was there ever a boy band that you. And then I've done like five minutes of like five. could do it at the gala, best of gold <laughs> on like, you know, I'm like five are still on tour, but there's only three of them, man. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm so glad that you got to put it to use because. I got a real lesson in knowing your audience mm. because um, uh, I was at, I was in Melbourne over the weekend and visiting friends and um, my mate Nick. We watched the football together and um, Nick's kind of like you. He likes his alternative music. He's into sort of more heavier stuff like Tool and things like that, but he also really loves hip-hop. And so, um, you know, we had a bit of medicine, so we're having a bit of a chat and I, I was feeling a bit confident. <laughs> and so I said, oh, you know what, I've been – Listening to a lot of, and I know it's like, you know, <laughs> silly, it's kind of ironic, but I've really been listening to five, and he was like five, I, I don't know, oh. five years. And I'm like, oh, that was this. No, no. You. <laughs> this English boy band. And, and there's, now they're still around. There's only three of them, but they're still called Five, you know, did the whole thing. What I love, by the way, is
1: last week on the podcast when you declared <laughs> that you were never going to talk about Five again. Then on we the show. About for you brought it all, up. The next 35 minutes. And then now you're taking these five conversations out into the wild, trying wow. to have them one-on-one
0: with people. I won't do it again because I, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I – so I just repeated the bit from last week's talk. where I'm like, oh, he talks about Jimmy Fly Snooker and and it's it's Jimmy Superfly Snooker. It can't be Jimmy Fly Snooker. It's not his name. And he's like, what's the song called? I said, everybody get up. And I said, it's actually a fun kind of like, you know, a poppier version of like a Beastie Boys song. You just get like a hard rock kind of riff and you just rap over the top. And we put it on and like a minute into it, I could just sort of, he just sort of side-eyed me and he was like this is terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. I know it's terrible, but let, listen to this rap bit. And then we go to the rap bit and I'm like, that's Jay. Jay's gone missing. Like no one knows where Jay is these days. <laughs> and it was one of those things where – I don't know. Like you, you sort of like introduce something, and then like it, then it just became painful for everyone. Like because his wife yeah. and Jem was in in the room as well, and his you've daughter- you've spent a fair amount of time working on your sex swing,
1: yeah. right? You've been fiddling around in the garage for eight weeks, putting together your sex swing, and then you've taken everyone down to the garage and God, "Look, I've been working on this project. I think you're really going to like it." And then everyone's like, "Oh my
0: god!" Uh, it was. We've uh, got to get out. It was of here. awkward because then we got we got through the 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 J rap and i'm like see you know he says like jimmy fly snook and it's like yeah but then there's still like two minutes of the song to go that no one in the room liked or wanted to hear but i'm the one who's like flying the flag going no no it's not look i get it's bad i understand that but it's more just the do you are you not getting the J? j has gone missing <laughs> like there's no one knows where jay is and there's only three of them now and all right. Okay. And so we just sort of let it peter out. And then he went to his phone and put on some like underground hip hop guy from New York or something and, and like completely embarrassed me. So I put my tail between my legs. I was like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Well, you're
1: the person, you're the anti
0: vaxxer at a like a scientist <laughs> yeah, that's party. Right. <laughs> that's what's happened totally. there.
1: <laughs> like you've just gone, no, you've got to understand.
0: Like there's Bill Gates and there's microchips. But and- I've never known how this thing works, like what's cool and what's not. Because this Mm. same friend, like uh, about six months ago when we're at his place, he put on this playlist that was like Yacht Rock. Mm. So it was all like Robert Palmer and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, well, this is shit music. But he's like, no, it's not. It's like actually really, really well written. And, you know, back in the 80s, like the pop music was different. I'm like, like, how come that gets a pass? Like, you know, Robert Palmer, Yacht Rock. And then I put on Five and that sucks. Like- can't we just both like things that are shit and we just respect each other's terrible choices? Well, I think that the difference is that you learned the rap, right.
1: <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> I went too far in. I committed.
1: You went too far in. You got like red pilled when it comes to the boy band Five five. and I'm I'm here for it by the way. I'm not like I'm not against this in any way. In fact, To the point, and I think this is probably the secret to the long-lasting nature of this podcast, if there is one, which is that we are here for each other's bullshit in a way that other people aren't. (laughs) So whatever ridiculous thing you want to talk
0: to me about, I am fine with it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. But that was a real kind of sobering moment where I was like, and it's also because I think, you know, when we talked about what prompted, it was all about like, you know, in the midst of floods and horrible things happening, I needed some yeah. kind of comfort food. But now it sort of yeah. feels Did you set that
1: up though, when you were trying to present no, it no, to no your no. friends? Like did you tell that story? See, that's if you've
0: ever ever gonna try it again, you've got to start. I with need it to clear I need to clear start- there to draw it out of me. <laughs> the, the, the deep psychological yeah. scarring and the lack of identity
1: <laughs> that I <I'm- laughs> You, you have to connect it with this like legitimate yeah. moment because like as soon as you bring up the floods and being in the middle of a natural disaster and like, you know, and by day I was volunteering, helping other people clean out, you know, the devastation that was wrought on their lives. Anyway, the only thing that really got me through that in a traumatic sense, a therapy sense, if you will, was like this relief, this brain, brain bleach and this fascinating story about this like, you know, in the same way as, you know, K-pop is incredibly, you know, it is its own thing. We all know that it's manufactured. Like this is the beginning of that. And if you'd done all that first and then gone, by the way, I've learned all Jay's raps and he's <laughs> gone missing. <laughs> I think by then you would have got, you would have had him. you but, know? Like you could have gone, you know, one of the worst things about the floods were all the people who went missing. Speaking of people
0: going missing, do you know that Jay from the Boy well, Band 5? You went know what's missing? really funny too is that uh, one of my old mates from high school Mm. who um uh he lives in new york now he's lived in new york for about better part of 20 years but when we were young we were very close and we when we left school we backpacked around asia together and stuff and out of the blue i haven't heard from him in years he messaged me uh, a link to an article um uh which is like i can't remember what it's called a girl power like reevaluating the spice girls this idea that the spice Mm. girls were this manufactured kind of pop band who had this manufactured, you know, uh, catch cry of girl power. But then that actually gave rise to a genuine kind of like feminist movement, which is now there's all these adult women now who, you know, who who sort of hold those values true. And he sent that to me saying, hey, man, uh, I don't know why, but this made me think of you. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, have I been like carrying the can for manufactured boy and girl bands for 20 years and I just don't know it? Like is this some kind of – um, you know, born identity where like I, you know, I, I don't, I've been knocked out and I've, I've discovered that I'm actually this like champion of, of manufactured pop because I don't recall. I mean, I know that I had an ironic uh, fascination with the Spice Girls in uni and that I went and saw Spice World at the movie twi- at the movies twice. <laughs> but I also don't really remember being like this, you know, I love the Spice Girls and I went to see them in concert and I can name all their birthdays or, or anything like that. Yeah, but you know what? You are a man who will tell you what you want and what you really, really want.
1: And that's what I've always said about you is, well, um, you no, know, I think it's like you talk about Spice Girls. I mean, Adele could not be more a revered and credible artist and she talks about how completely like informative on who she was and what she became the Spice Girls were. So I just think you
0: could do that with the band Five. Right. But they like, weren't incredibly informative on me as a as a in my development as a forty four year old man. I mean, does that <laughs> does that really matter? Like, we can backdate some of okay. this story. Like, if you are going to be the chief proponent
1: for the boy band Five, like, I think that is more interesting. Like, of course, there is going to be plenty of people that are talking about the Spice Girls and how the Spice Girls. But essentially, what you've got to do is look at all the stuff that they've done around the Spice Girls and just copy it, but make it about the band yeah. Five. Plus, you've got the mystery. Like, imagine if, like, you know, like, posh spice had like disappeared and nobody knew where posh spice was. Like, people would be talking about the Spice Girls. Well, do you know what
0: the crossover is? I mean, there's obviously the um, what's his name from X Factor, uh, Simon Cowell. He was behind both Five and the Spice Girls. But Jay and Mel C from the Spice Girls they dated (laughs) at one point. Really?
1: (laughs) Is that right?
0: So Jay and Sporty, Sporty, they dated at one point. Yeah. Very short, okay, very short lived, but uh, yeah, they were they were partners. Is that why he went missing? I don't think so. <laughs> did, is there
1: any chance that Sporty Spices had Jay from Five? No, killed? but she
0: did post something because, like I said, he has not been cited. He's done two appearances in in since you know the the, the days of Five's heyday, and uh, I saw on Mel C's Twitter, um, someone posted a screen grab of him, all bearded and you know looking all retired and living in the hills like he does. And said, hey, do you know who this is? And she's like, of course. That's like lovely Jason, you know, blah, 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 blah. He was such a sweetheart. And I'm like, that's interesting. (laughs) That's interesting. I wonder if they are still in touch. And if you got to Sporty, would you get to Jay? (laughs) Because as you know, Will, is Jay okay? I have to know where he is and (laughs) is he okay? Is there a chance? Like how
1: hard would it be? cuz how old would Jay be my at this age stage is 40, 45 Okay perfect this is perfect for okay. my plan How physically how much physically would you have to do to resemble to be able to pass for oh, Jay
0: Not a no I don't think too much I'd have to he he like current oh, day Jay I would say he would be bald now he was definitely balding Okay So I'd have to shave my head I'd have to get a pretty sort of thick like he's got that I think it's a Ross Noble where's Ross Noble from yeah, Geordie. Yeah, it's got a bit of a Geordie, Geordie accent, like I think. Or Is he? Oh, it's maybe, it might be Welsh, actually. It might be a Welsh accent, but it okay. sounds weird. <laughs> it's, one <of> those weird <laughs> it's one of those weird British accents. Not one of those ones we can all do. One of those weird ones where you're like, where are you from? But, but you know, like, there's always a case of like, you know, I, you know
1: Prince Philip's my dad. Yeah. Or like someone will come along and they go like, I'm the, this person that's gone missing. Oh, I am that person. So you're saying, I just say I'm Jay. Yes. Well, you know, cuz Jay's gone away. Jay's gone away. So Jay's not going to come. Either two things yeah. happen. Either Jay's happy because like it's like great. I'm back in the band, you know. There's another guy who knows all my raps, everything's yeah. fine, you know. Or us to come out of it. You draw out that's Joe. A idea. That's
0: how you get that's how you get a follow. Okay, him. so is it you come out and you say that you are But Joe. do I I have to get the other Do I have to get the other members of 5 on board? It doesn't matter. I just, I just come, I just start an Instagram account saying Jay from mm. Five, and I just start right. sending out missives, just rapping, freestyle raps. Jay from
1: Five yeah. is alive, is the Instagram yeah. handle, and then you just, yeah, you start
0: building a story that you are indeed. Jay but I from think five. the problem with that is it will immediately be shot down by the existing members mm. of Five, like the three guys. Okay, will give, yeah. That's not Jay, right. like, and so there's no need for Jay to come out, like. It, no, so you've got to convince yeah. them or get them yes. in on it. Maybe they're fine to be in on. They might right? be. This Publicity is like, would be great. Yeah. So you rock up one day, looking like. Okay, so like here's Jay. what we do, because I think yeah. it's what would be better. Because rather than looking like Jay now, because people don't want that. Yeah, this, we're in the. They want oh, me to true. look like Jay looked yeah. when he was in his twenties. So he mm-hmm. was blonde. He had an – his signature thing was he had an eyebrow ring. That's how you knew he was the bad boy. Mm -hmm. So I I get blonde and I get the eyebrow ring. And I think he sort of experimented with like facial hair. I'll have to dye everything. I'll have to dye eyebrows, hair, beard, and I'll get Mm -hmm. the eyebrow ring. And I'll have to work on my wraps. Okay. So you do that. (laughs) We
1: go to see them at the Rudy Hill RSL when they're on tour. (laughs) And you are dressed (laughs) like Jay. As,
0: like as Jay DJ. in 1999 <laughs> too. So I'm wearing like a Fubu like sports jersey with a big like number on it. I got some Klepper mustard coloured pants on and some Timberlands, baggy. So so you're ready yeah. to
1: go. And then when who's doing the raps now? Um, Scott. Yeah. So when Scott's about to lay down, you just like what would be your best one if you were going to choose like one? Everybody get up. Yeah, everybody get up. So you're going to yeah. do like the J-Bars. Resident, from, president. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You're doing resident, president. <laughs> yeah. Like, you going. I jump on stage. Aside. Yeah, you jump on stage and you start doing it. I mean, if, if Five I've are at the Rudy Hill RSL doing a gig yeah. and someone comes along dressed, put yourself in their shoes, right? Yeah. Someone comes along dressed as
0: Jay and knows all Jay's raps. That's a fun night on the tour. You get that guy yeah. up to do a verse. Yeah, of course. Like Dave Grohl does that with fans yeah. all the time, gets him up to play uh, play along. Would it, I mean, but would it also not, would you not just look out into the crowd and go, well, that guy's clearly a massive fan? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> like, How much do you think it would cost
1: me if I went up to beforehand to like Five's manager and I was like, hey, my friend here is like the biggest Jay fan of all time. Look at him. He's even dressed like Jay was back in the day. <laughs> He, he, the died, day. he dyed his hair for this occasion he's like really just forget really... the fact that he's 45 years old <laughs> from a start just imagine he's 20. and he would really just love to do one one verse with the group tonight could he do resident president is, is that okay like and how much do you think it would cost me to pay off fives manager for them to I don't
0: think oh, you know come...
1: what I'm willing to lie a little. He's okay. dying. Oh, this yeah. is like his make a wish, like, and yeah. he is he, all he's ever really wanted to do. Five, are his favorite band. Um, he just wants to do this one verse. Could could you let him do it? Do you think that they would agree to
0: that? One hundred percent. So why aren't yeah. we doing this? Well, <laughs> that's a good point. Why aren't we doing it? Um, they would definitely allow that to happen. Uh, I I don't know if that works though to bring Jay. Out, I mean, isn't the end goal to bring Jay out? I think it's more. Well,
1: no, no, no. Oh, sorry, this is only me planting the seed. Like oh, okay. I'm assuming, and, right, at this point, that you do so well in this rap that they're all like, oh my god, like it's like almost no. having laid like Jay back.
0: I've got a, I've and- got a better. I've got a better okay, strategy. Good. Okay, so you know that urban myth about um, Paul's death- Paul McCartney. And- yep. Yeah, yeah. And MI6 approached the surviving Beatles mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, this is going to cause mass mm-hmm. suicide." It's amongst teenage girls, we have to get a double in. Yeah, we approach the three members of Five and say, "We are from Asio. <laughs> Believe it or not, you guys are still very, very popular yeah. in Australia. Huge mm. fan base. Might yeah. not see, you might not be reflected in your download numbers or your social media, but trust us. Like we've got the data right here. and We hold up like a, a, yeah. a briefcase filled with sawdust <laughs> it's in here. All our files are in here. We bang it, and there's like dust floating out of it." It's all in here now. Um, these uh, fans of five, uh, are th- they're, they're organising a mass suicide, a Jonestown-style mm. Kool Aid event, mm. and it could be mass casualties. But you, five, three, five, you three of five, <laughs> three fifths, you've you three fifths, three fifths. <laughs> you've got the you've got the chance to prevent a mass casualty mm. event. But um, how, hang on, how how are we justifying that?
1: 20 years after the peak of their career, <laughs> <laughs> the fans of five have decided to have a suicide pact.
0: Because there is a hardcore group, because you only need like a thousand. Yeah. I mean, oh, how many people is like too many deaths? Um, One of the members from five, <laughs> <laughs> one of you members of five, like, oh, are you really going to challenge me and say, well, look, how many fans are going to be? It's, how many deaths is enough? Is two uh, like an acceptable number of deaths? No. So just don't question us.
1: I I think you'll find in this post-COVID world, Charlie, two is a perfectly
0: acceptable number of
1: daily (laughs) deaths. That's
0: true. We're wrapped if it's only two. We're just slapping our our briefcase, our sawdust briefcase, saying, Dyson, we've got the numbers. They're they're, they're watertight. We have lots of numbers in here. So we say to them to prevent- We've got lots of numbers in here. And to prevent those deaths- uh, yeah. the, the, they they need to see uh, at least four members of five reform. Don't yeah. worry about abs. Okay, <laughs> we don't need abs. <laughs> we, can work,
1: we can work on this later. Uh,
0: uh, but we we need Jay back, and we've got a, we've got the perfect doppelganger. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy who has been learning his raps. He's yeah. been immersed in five. Because not lying, there yeah, that'll be the easiest part to sell.
1: Okay, because, you know you know, the other thing is too. You're an actor. Well, I'm an actor. Like actor. this is, I mean. This is a little – um uh, what's, uh, what's the fucking South Park puppet movie? Um, Team America. Team America. Like, you know, yeah. you, they've, they've got you for your acting skills to go undercover. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you've been playing Mate, all these roles. I'm
0: so good at acting. I'll play the ASIO agent, then I'll play the guy pretending to be Jay, and they won't know the difference. <laughs> You'll need to because I can't cover either of those <laughs> things. <laughs> and I'm going to do it in the same room. And the three members of five will be going, is that guy just like – I think he's changing his outfits. <laughs> he's yes. putting on a Fubu top and some clepper <laughs> pants and some. T- oh, good! I'm Joy. I'm Joy. <laughs>
1: this is the ASIO guy in a Fubu
0: jacket. <laughs> 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 All right, so we say that to them, and uh-huh. we just and I reckon we make it like you know legit. Yeah. Look, look, uh, we understand that Jay is gone missing and, and yeah. you're not in contact with him, but we've got this guy who is a dead ringer. Mm. Um, so we want you, uh, for the next month of the tour, this guy's going to go on tour with you, but yeah. you're going to start post, posting a lot on your mm. socials, the four of you. Make a big fuss about Jay being back, Jay, mm. Jay being back. The worst thing that could happen to you, three mem- the three members of five, <laughs> is that you get great publicity. I mean, you know, no publicity is bad publicity, right? And, you know, let's be honest, we've looked at the numbers on Spotify. You could do with a bit of a boost. <laughs> so what do you reckon, the three members of five? What are you going to say? They say, well, as we always say in you know in, in
1: five, all we need is a clear majority. So we <laughs> just need two of the three of the five for a majority. Two out of five is a majority in this band. So, um I think we're better off saying rather than like asking them to act on behalf of their fans. Like the the, the threat is directly at them. Otherwise, I think okay. the play there's we've got Great information about that. There might be somebody who was targeting you guys specifically. What we need to do is put in our best agent to just make sure that you guys. And the fact that you're not oh, like that's a good idea. The fact that you're not a good agent is fine because there's not actually a threat against them. So it's not going to matter.
0: You're just there to infiltrate the band and Jay, our real yeah. target. <laughs> <laughs> but. Wouldn't it be a great twist yeah. if it turns out there actually is a threat <laughs> against Five and <laughs> suddenly I've got myself caught up in this like, like cat and mouse game with some like crazed Five fan who just like has always wanted to murder Jay. <laughs> that's why Jay- hearing- and, then that, and we find out that's why Jay's gone underground.
1: Because Jay was on some sort of hit list. He's yes. had to fresh Prince of Bel Air style. He's had to move, change his identity. You've come back. Oh, this is great. This is actually the plot of your Spice World, the movie, about yeah. the band Five. Because like, so you go undercover with this pretend idea that there's a threat against Five. You all you want to do is actually just be the new Jay. But yeah. then the people who were trying to kill Jay. They realize that Jay is back or they think that Jay is back and so then they come after you to try to kill you and then the real Jay has to come out of retirement to defeat the enemies.
0: Well, this is how it goes, right? So we convince him to let me be the new Jay. You cut to an insane (laughs) asylum and it's like the news of like, and Jay has come back to to five and you see this one guy who hasn't talked Mm. in 20 years sitting in a chair and he just like looks up at the TV screen and then you see him like just break the shackles and it's like, oh, shit, like I've reactivated this serial killer. But I, I, like,
1: I like the idea that he's got like rap lyrics just like scrawled all over his <laughs> <Yeah>. cell. <like laughs> Superfly Snooker
0: <laughs> crossed out, just Fly Snooker, Jimmy Fly Snooker underlined. That's what drove him insane. It's either Jimmy Superfly Snooker or Superfly Jimmy Snooker. It's not Jimmy Fly Snooker. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> just banging his head again. It's the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and then I reckon well, yeah. would that draw the real Jay? I mean, the real Jay might be like, fantastic, this impersonator can get killed, and then I I'm free. I can I don't have to be in hiding anymore.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that Jay's that sort of guy. No. From I what I know I about it. Jay, Jay's not gonna let an
0: innocent person die. It'll be a great third act to yeah. when the real Jay real turns out to save my life. <laughs> and then we all learn a lesson. Yeah. which is that everybody should get up. Yeah, exactly, except for the people he's killed. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: should stay <laughs> really laying down. down. <laughs> and he just finishes the movie and winks and goes, Jay is okay. Yeah, I
0: mean, before he kills him, he's going to go, baby, when your lights go out, well, <laughs> they're going to be out forever. <laughs> what? The, what's the movie called?
1: Um, nine to Five? Uh, nine to Five, I've. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to toefop.com for more. Cool things for cool people.